It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to episode 475 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How are we doing, fellas? This frosty Monday evening. Fuck Sensational. Cold. It's cold. My team is still a bunch of cunts. Colder than a West Tigers form line. To the fuck? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's that cold. <laughs> uh, colder than the West Tigers attack. How about that? Fair, no fair. Uh, colder than the cold sweats. Brett Kamala keeps waking up. Yeah. <laughs> it's colder than Glenny's seat in this fucking on this video call. <laughs> so to, uh, to to warm up the Tigers' attack, would setting them all on fire be counterproductive? <laughs> oh, you'd be kicked off social media if you fucking. <laughs> Commented something like that. Yeah, I'm sure you have commented something. You, you have con- someone did that recently. I, I saw they said something about what's it set, setting them on fire, something like that. I can't. Remember. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's. It wasn't it's quite as, telling. It's one Shunter of the, that yeah. you're going to cut a hole in his good ankle and fuck him in it. Yeah, which got you banned though. <laughs> yeah, that got me banned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, it's cold. It's cold all night uh, in Queensland, and I'm sure that uh, it's it's a kind of cold that I don't think people in southern states would understand how cold it is right now. It's practically unlivable yeah, right I now. Agree. I and agree. like far far worse than anything they would ever would have uh, encountered in their in their lifetime. Those yeah. motherfuckers like, in their tropical conditions in Melbourne, etc. Like it's it's exactly. that it's that hard to breathe. Um my my native Queensland neighbours are finding it difficult to be casually racist. <laughs> it's you know, their te- their teeth are chattering that that much that they can only get a couple of slurs out in a row. Before they they just you know can't be understood anymore. It's terrible for them. Oh, speaking of, of not so casual racism in Toowoomba, um, Jesus Christ, we uh, this is going to be the most go, shocking thing we've ever and surprising thing. No, it's not. It's not. It's, not, it's going to be fairly standard and tame <laughs> and expected. Um, walking through Rebel, and there's an el- an older couple uh, there. Clearly, um, their children were private school educated and played rugby. Um, can I just quick? Can I just kind of say just to clarify? You're talking about like Rebel Sports. It's not like some Toowoomba Eureka Stockade merchandise store or anything. <laughs> no Rebel no. Sport. <laughs> right. Okay. Rebel Sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Welcome to Toowoomba. Let's let, let's go to Rebel, <laughs> where we we sell nothing but Southern Cross flags. <laughs> There's a tattoo shop out the back where you can get your and, Southern and, Cross and, and fuck off, and fuck off with full bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm pretty sure these this couple left Rebel Sport and went to that establishment, <laughs> right. but, um, holding up a Wallabies jersey with the the Indigenous artwork on the sleeves. So obviously yep. the gold Wallabies with the green Indigenous artwork, and the lady holds it up 
in front of the bloke and says, see how they've ruined it? Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, God. oh, fuck, he did. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> but not, not you know, un- unsurprising, I suppose. Yeah, oh, completely, the... completely yeah. unsurprising. But, but, but what, what was it that was that brought the racism out, though? Was it, was it a Toowoomba resident? Was it a Wallabies fan? You know, was it the parents of a private school educated child? I think all of these things. Hang on, hang on a second. <laughs> I think option three is a bit of a stretch. Well, you know, as, this... as a parent of a private school educated child yourself, Jay. Well, no, it doesn't count. He's oh, in a doesn't... fucking. Doesn't he's in get... a molesting school. Okay, he's Catholic That's... Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting molested. He's not. He's not. He's not, not pro... he's, he's not being forced to play rugby or anything. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be inhumane. Yeah. <laughs> He's just got to do a right, mic so check every now and then Even if it's private, that doesn't count. But it does count if they're Catholic and they play rugby. That's the Catholic, worst of worst. Catholic schools are where men learn that fucking age-old thing. How the fuck do you think I learned to do a bad job of doing the dishes so I'm never asked to do it again? <laughs> Leave fucking food scraps everywhere and make the cups taste like detergent the next time someone makes a tea. Never. Free and clear. <laughs> so that, that's Catholic school, is it? I was a, I was a toothy child, Glenn. <laughs> Father O'Leary didn't appreciate it. It isn't any wonder you're so bring... fucked up. <laughs> Between Father O'Leary and having Tom Cruise as your dad, this is fucking outrageous. <laughs> I'm honestly, calling you sending, I'm, I'm honestly considering sending you to the bin for 10 minutes, Glenn, for you fucking bringing up rugby. <laughs> I mean, it's not a send-off offence, but, fuck, you know, like, you're on report. Hang on a like, sec. <laughs> Jay's just brought up being fucked by Father O'Leary, and there's the undertone that, of the fact that we should call him Suri, because Tom Cruise is his dad, and and I'm going to the bin. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's, what, what's, what's hard to understand about this? I mean, I, I saw, saw someone talking about it on Twitter again, like bringing up the old adage, like, yeah, rugby's the game that they play in heaven. Of course they do. That's why there's no one at the fucking ground because God isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> let's let's talk about... Hang on, I didn't uh, bring rugby up per se. I brought up casual, uh, an example of casual racism. Well, look, following yeah, the, on through the conversation we, that Jay started. This is what this we is what you would call back chat, over. mate. You are looking that you're, you're going to be marching another ten meters, <laughs> and you are very fucking close. We did also gloss over the fact that you said it was the indigenous wallabies jersey, and then said so obviously it was the paterna with the paterna. If you'd have put a gun to my head and said, "What did the indigenous wallabies jersey look like?" I would have pulled the trigger myself. <laughs> no way, I would have fucking known. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you, if, if, if you ask me the if you are, if you ask me the question, what's the you know the predominant color of Wallaby's jersey? I'd, I'd be okay. Yellow. Yeah, but gold. Oh, gold. Yeah, right. Oh, fucking here we go. <laughs> like your Sorry. little short shorts that Thank you go you. roller skating in. Thank you no. for giving me the exact reaction. You predictable cunts. <laughs> what what colors a Wallaby's jersey? A white Toowoomba sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> it's as wide as the fog in Toowoomba. Oh, fuck. How did we get and here? By fog, I mean the fogarties. 
good white family. <laughs> Direct rebel sport is approving of the. <laughs> and we've come full circle. Yes. What, exactly. what, he ne- what he neglected to mention was that it was the Fogarty's who are the franchisees of that rebel store. <laughs> Welcome to this week in the scars on Father O'Leary's cock. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's not the title of this episode, by the way. Buddy. <laughs> I'm sure we could have grabbed a title somewhere out of there. But Suri. I don't know. Suri will be the title of the episode. I'm just, call, I'm just going to call it Rebel. How about that? <laughs> could be anything. Could be it's anything. evocative. <laughs> <laughs> Invites mystery. Okay. Um, oh, fucking 12. How many? Are we 10 minutes in yet of this shit? Yeah, well, I, well, yeah I'm, not, I'm not sure. I mean, I've been recording for 15, but we were crapping on before we started. Well, I have not been recording for 15, although you assumed yeah. that I had been. Yeah, yeah. So however long you've been recording, that's close to when we actually started the show. Okay, now um, let's let's go back to, to happier times. Round 16 of the uh, 2022 NRL season kicked off on uh, Thursday night at uh, Brookie with the mighty Manly Seagulls 36, defeating the Melbourne Storm 30. Um, Seagulls tries a double to Kohler, double to Jason Saab, Christian Tui-Polodu, Morgan Harper, and Hamoli also with tries. Daly, three of six conversions and a penalty goal, defeating the Storm 30, tries to Nick Meany, Brandon Smith, uh, Nelson Sofa Solomona, a double to Pappy, and Justin Olam getting a lot of my friend's multis homes home at the end there. Uh, Meany, two conversions, Pappy, one. That's it. Floor is yours, mate. Make it quick. Oh. <clears throat> Very, very happy, very happy to, to beat the ye olde enemy, the Melbourne Storm. Um, Lippy cunts, it's always a great day to fucking beat them. Um, home or away, wherever it happens, it happens, and it's a wonderful time when it does. Um, <clears throat> fantastic to see Cola starting to really show that potential. And um, in a game where there was a lot of players that were very short turnaround affected in this one, um, how fucking Jakey played, turned around and did like another 72 or 73 minutes in the fucking in the middle in this game and had to and had to be dragged off um to to finally you know get get a rest towards the end of the game yeah, um plus a bunch of a professional athlete performing and then and then athlete. you then and then you compare and contrast that with Josh Schuster who got like about 10 minutes on at the end and he looked absolutely fucked 5 minutes in <laughs> And, and uh, my God, that guy has seriously, like someone has to, they need to employ someone specifically just to handle him and his cardio and his weight if, and everything. If, because- they're letting, if they're letting foreign go, and albeit you're going to get maybe one more year out of foreign, and it's going to be the Schuster show, he, fuck me, he's got some work to do. Oh look, you know, like in in the heart in the halves. I mean, he, he did have that one in in uh, during the Origin period there around game one or whatever. He did ha- he did have that you know a game there at six, and he was okay. I mean, he was looking a bit tired towards the end of the game, but he was he was okay because he's you know out of the action a little bit. You know, he's not he's not defending in the middle and stuff like that. Foreign's so had I get his that, issues but- with injury. When was the last time Kieran Foreign looked tired? And he does a whole lot more defensively. And a lot more is expected of him in attack than what well, the thing, is bringing to the table. Yeah, the thing is, he, he looks he he, he he foreign always looks fucking tired, but he doesn't shirk his responsibilities. If he is, you know what I mean? Like he'll he'll still get in there and suck it up and make the tackle that needs to be made, or you know, and then fire up in the attack and try and put something on, etc. Um, loving the way the attack's looking at the moment. Um, the despite not having um Josh Alloye in the side, because uh, he got knocked out. What he was playing for, um, in the Pacific Tests on Saturday night. 
Um, <clears throat> they still look pretty good in the forwards. Um, a successful return, not as many minutes as I would have liked, but a successful return finally for Paseca. And uh, he looked great. And I expect him to be in the side going forward at the expense of either Kepi or Marty Tapao, who, uh, again, is proving himself to be an absolute <laughs> fucking liability. What did you think and, of Marty Tapao's effort? Oh, oh it's fucking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck, fucking out, out, outstanding. Fucking, he had three people on him in the tackle. I mean, trying to get your arms free for offloads and shit like that, like you, like he did in his prime. There's, a, it's like the lowest percentage play in the entire fucking NRL at the moment. You've got a couple of options. He's either going to get the ball snatched out, he's going to drop it, yeah. <laughs> or he's going to, th- or he's going to throw an off, pop an offload straight to an opposition player Ten who's like sort of lurk, lurking in his, per- yeah, lurking his periphery. Um. Absolutely unfucking believable brain explosion, but but being being Dairy Queen though, Morgan Harper, since his return uh, and shift over to the other side just via you know you know through the injuries and stuff, was great. Um, he's get he's he's finally showing like in attack he's actually dangerous, and uh, he's you know he's making some he's making some clean breaks and tackle busts. Um, defense defensively sound. Um, Storm didn't get anything over that side of the field. Uh, I don't think all game. Um, well, Saab, Saab was okay. It was good to see him get a couple of tries. I mean, he's a fucking, he's a, how would you, like a, an ungainly fucking baby giraffe at times, like fucking all, all legs and arms and shit like that. But, you know, it, it is good to see him get some, get some tries. And he did have to finish, finish one of those tries off a ridiculously bad pass from Morgan Harper and somehow managed to, to reel it in. Um, all in all, the way the attack's clicking at the moment, despite some key outs, uh, it was great, and this, in this game too, like Ruben was on one leg for a fucking long time, like you know, through the first half, which is why Daly had to take over the goal kicking. And despite that, he still did a great job. You know, probably wasn't you know injecting as much as he, as, he, as he would as he would like to, so, but he still was fucking solid can, as anything. Can, can we talk for a minute about the the big topic that came out of this one? And and there were probably two. One of them was was Melbourne's form. You know, I, I think yep. that is as disjointed as I've seen a Melbourne Storm team play. It's a couple even, of times we've said that this year so far. Yeah, but mm. but even when, like taking into account, I, I try to think back to a bunch of Origin games where they would have had, you know, some, some Reggie's players <clears> or, or people filling in. I don't ever think it was that um, out of sync, but... But more and it's so not like that. and it's not like it's that ma- and it's not like it's that many players either. I mean, like you it's know, not. they got to welcome back it's one not. of their best players, and yep. everyone else in there was yeah, you know, not everyone, but like the, most of the players there are guys you would see there week in week out anyway. That's it. But but more so than that, Manly have had a couple of weeks now where they they're starting to develop a nasty nasty Canberra esque um, second half fade. And the person that you probably should be looking to to lead you out of it isn't making some the, the best time sensitive decisions. Look, I hate what, fucking. What do you what do you make of that? Uh, look, in this in this game, I mean, when this game when this game was there and had to be won, I mainly dominated the storm so badly that when they start taking off players like Jakey and that, they wouldn't ordinarily take off. There, I'm not too concerned. I mean, like I'll take the fucking win anyway. I get it, but there's, there's some of the things at the end there. Like that should back back on fucking Schuster again. Although it's rarely, if ever, called, the fact that he would just be like fucking two meters in front of the fucking kickoff, 
to concede yeah. a penalty offside is one of is, is just one of those brainless dumb cunt things that make me say, like I said last week or the week, like week before, not my fucking he is not my six for next year unless he has a lot of fucking work on his because that's that's just a fitness related, you know, tired, poor decision making, you know, yeah. not attention to detail yeah. thing. And um and but then the same thing I mean and this happened. It wasn't just the Manly game. What other? I can't remember what other game they did. It was it Sean Johnson. No, I wouldn't mean that one because they were well up in their game. There was a game there, another close game towards the end where someone kicked it fucking dead, or there was a, it might have been the Sharks game, where like kicking it, kicking it fucking dead at a key point in the game, in, in, you know, off a kickoff, and like Daly kicked it like you know too close to the sideline or whatever, and the guy got over and sort of you know got his foot in, the, you know. Why does why do people fucking do this? You don't just just kick it down the fucking guts and yeah. set yourself and fucking make the take. You don't have like I I love the I love the idea that fucking he's trying to win you know every every single fucking play, but there's a time the for fucking reward. that. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a time for that, and then there's a time like even at the end there. Like I mean, the guy is so fucking insanely hell bent on just win at all costs that at the end when um, I can't remember who it was who put the chip through probably like Hughes or someone when they put it there was the last throw of the dice of the storm and they and they put a chip kick it about 30 metres out from their own line Daly scoops it up on the full makes a break gets downfield could have just, could have booted it dead could have gone for, kicked the field goal could have booted over the sideline could have taken the tackle but no he's trying to score the fucking try and like dribbling the grubber in into the end goal like you know with the intent of you know scoring yeah. a try himself or having like you know Saab come over on the side of you know but it, it, but the end result of that is you're keeping you're keeping the ball in play when you don't fucking have to because there's no there's zero time left on the clock I mean whatever happens it stops you know just game that, over the, the gen- and I know it was what was it four tries in four minutes you know which is which is ridiculous, and it was as much about the fact that it was junk time as, as it was about any collapse from Manly. But does that second-half fade concern you come the business end of the season? No, because it's not even second-half fade. It's only the last, it's like the last five minutes sort of things, which which makes it extremely easy to, yeah, okay. to fix because, I mean, what, what fixes that? What completely fixes that? Don't fucking kick the ball where it can be, you know, touch, touch on the full or, or dead off the kickoff. Josh just to stay fucking onside, you dumb cunt, and that's and that's legitimately half of the time wiped off the clock, and Storm might score once, maybe, you know what I mean? And then it turns out, then you're looking at your final scoreline about like thirty six to eighteen or something, which is or you know, which is which is a far more accurate representation of the the way the game was played when it was there to be won. There you go, nice one on the socials, Graham. He said, uh, "Pappy is a fucking bum that can only kind of play one position." The mullet-headed clown will never play for New South Wales. Jay is a cooked cunt. Well, there you go. Who was that? That was Graham. Graham, <laughs> you're the you're, you're the listener of the week. <laughs> In fact, Graham, what are you doing on Mondays and Wednesdays? <laughs> I tell you. I have never received that sort of fucking hate for being a that's fan like of one of the, That's got to be one of the first hate mails, like, just, just, just ever, just fucking, just, just running straight off the back fence. That's fucking great. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that there were pappy haters out there. Fuck yeah, great. I felt, I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there you I, go. I don't, he plays Glenn, for the Storm and I don't hate the guy, I reckon he's great. Glenn, Glenn and Graham hating pappy. When the voice said I hate Pappy. Glenn's got, Glenn's got a reason, though. He just fucking agreed with you. No, because he called you a cooked cunt. It's got nothing to do with Pappy. 
I think Pappy's fantastic. <laughs> but I also think a, you're a cooked cunt. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just there for the hate. He doesn't care about the actual substance of the comment. Ben, he said, is there a player who's been more maligned by his own fans like Harper has? Even the world's greatest podcast host was absolutely harassing him on a weekly basis. And that was call for Glennie, by the way. Post the Talakai game, Harper has been Thanks close the rat, to the mate. top five centers in the game. There you go. I think that I, th- I would think that you probably you probably overstate. Like I mean, we could probably sit here and do the math on the on the, the centers in the game that are going well at the moment. And I don't think he'd be a top five. Also, it's not like post the Talakai game. He was had I the Talakai game, I and then he had a couple of a, games in Reggie's. I, and blah, I took blah, blah, that blah. as an offer job. As in, he's a top five center. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean that's probably more accurate. But I mean, yeah, he has been playing well for probably the last what three weeks, and there were a couple of games there, like game against the Tigers, where he made a. Well, I can't remember who he played before the Tigers, where he made a ridiculous try saving tackle, like hold up in goal, and then there was one against Star Lord against the Tigers that's that you right. should have no right to that's make. Right. And so he most definitely improved over the last like you know what three four weeks. But uh, let's fucking cool the Jets on the top five business. And. Uh... Our mate One-Eyed Tiger said, Storms are getting flat-tracked bullied in a milestone game. There you go. Oh, yeah, it was Cheese's milestone, wasn't it? It was. It Suck was. it, come top. There you go. On to the next one. The Newcastle Knights in the pub slot game. 38, defeat the Gold Coast Titans 12. In Newcastle, back on track with a hat-trick to Dom Young and five tries to Edric Lee. Sexy Texy two conversions. Milford got one. The Titans twelve tries through to Brimson and Marzu and Asako two goals. Rice Gold Coast. Yeah. How um I think I think this game might be the most glaring example yet of, of just how bad the Titans are travelling. Um and I think part of that is the decision to let Fogarty go and and go all in on Sexton in the halves might just be the decision that Holbrook can't survive. I, I just I think they've thrown young Sexton in there. Um, I don't disagree with Brimson in at six when he when he plays there when Campbell's fit. But I think the steady head of of a guy like Fogarty would hold the Titans in far better stead than than where they're at at the minute. Well, yeah, because it's not like a matter of just going all in on Sexton as being the problem, but going all in on Sexton when they don't have a fucking settled five eight mm. in the side. That's it's 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 unforgivable. And I mean, like Brimson played, you know, I remember I remember his first touch when he was played in like six. I mean, he got he got a try or you know set one up whatever. Set one up, yeah. with it. And um, but like at the end of the day, if you've got fucking you know, a little spider down the back there, Campbell that can't stay on the field. True. Then, yeah. I just, I just find it a strange one. And I thought the Titans were, you know, with some of the players on their roster and, you know, the fact they, they scraped into the finals last year and this, this was the season where they were going to, you know, take another step in the right direction and, and improve and they've they've gone. You can't go any further backwards than where they're at at the moment. Yeah. Um, for the Knights, um, I want to give Milford a wrap, and I didn't think I would be doing this so early after his coming back, but <clears throat> he's actually getting better 
slowly as expected, albeit, but he had some really good touches, and I think... I, I put it to you that Anthony Milford has been pretty good. He's, he's gotten better each each mm. appearance, but I but I put it to you that he's been pretty good straight from the jump for the yeah. for the Knights. Maybe this was because they just had a desperate gaping hole in the in the halves, and anything was an improvement on like you know Phoenix Crossland or whatever. But sure. but he's he's been good. But I would put it to you that maybe the actual Brisbane Broncos club was the worst thing in the world that could have happened to Anthony Milford's career. Yeah, the certainly 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 the Seabold certainly the Seabold era. Mm. Well, not so much that, but it, even just the fact that, that like there is a certain level of expectation when you yeah. join the Brisbane Broncos, especially in that six or seven jersey. Of course. Like if you if you look at the previous wearers of that jersey, you know, and you trace that lineage or whatever it is, then all of a sudden John Plath. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. I'm going to choke. Who? It's like, it's like the inbred cousin of syphilis. Like royal, royal, royal. Oh, fuck. Um, I know what you're saying, though, but I mean, he, he did kind of meet or exceed that, that expectation and, you know, should have got the, the Clive Churchill medal in 2015 in the grand yeah, final. I mean, so I think it's more the end of that. It's like the, yeah, the, the legacy killing was the end of that time, yeah. which is when we had, you know, brain genius... Yeah, yeah. So the Harvard-educated Anthony Seabold at the helm. Oh, Jesus fuck. But, <laughs> but now when he's in a situation where like all those fans want, for him for him to be an absolute fucking darling in that town, yeah. all he needs to do is go out there and try his guts out. Mm. And that's what he's doing, and that's what fans are responding to. And I think that's a match made in heaven. And I think yeah, there's signs... Sorry, okay. So go no go ahead, Glenny. Sorry. I think the sign that he's actually fully invested is that his fitness seems to be getting yep. better as well. Which you could say during the the end of his time at the Broncos, you wouldn't say he was getting fitter. You would say he was going backwards there. And I think yep. in a short space of time at the Knights, as evidenced by the fact that he's running deep into the line before he's passing the ball, and he's also taking the line on, which is a good sign that he's you know, he's fully invested in, and, and getting fitter and, and it shows in his performances. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say as well that, like, you know, this might be the, might be the fuck the Broncos in me, but I'm, I'm here for, like, a Benji-esque yeah. Milford revival. Well, and that was going to be my next point. Maybe yeah. he's had his Benji Marshall moment yeah. where he was, you know, due for a resurgence at Souths and then that yeah. was taken away from him and maybe a little while understanding what he might have to do if he doesn't play footy. Mm. Yeah. Smarten him up a bit. So. Yeah, maybe. The Knights, the Knights I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know, to assess the, a lot of the Knights stuff given the, the, the way the, the Titans were just fucking, you know, pathetic. It was. But, but like, yeah, but Clemmer and the Saifides actually, you know, performed pretty well. I don't know if it was their best performance as a unit in the season, but I'd have to say it'd be close. I mean, they both got bulk meters and, and looked good. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, Terry on the social said, this is disgraceful that the Knights have scored five tries in one half against the Titans. It is also disgraceful that the Knights have only scored five tries in one half against the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brendan said, I know they're only playing the Titans, but it's clear the Knights are better without Ponga. Bet the fans are happy about that contract. Look, I yeah, told it's you. A fucking, it's an interesting one, isn't it? 
That's the hill I've been fucking prepared to die on for, for quite some time now. And Sexy Texy, oh, do, do they fire up when he's in the side or what? So, okay, so so what do the Knights do here? They've committed all these millions of fucking dollars to Ponga, mm-hmm. who, you know, is, is a representative quality fullback. Do you do you pull the old, you know, well, if we, he's our most expensive player, he should have the ball in his hands more and put him in the halves? Is he a six? Not defensively. defensively. This is the thing. Like, we've seen in State of Origin that behind a dominant pack and with, you know, some, you know, some quality halves and, and, uh, and hooker, he is a a dangerous fucking person chiming in, in attack. I mean, he's, you know, he's not, he's not like fucking Teddy or Tommy Turbo or something. But, I mean, that first Origin game was one off the back of two passes that he put on. Yep. You know, for for tries. Oh no! So, I, yeah, I get it. Like he's he's a however, quality player. However, <laughs> you you could you couldn't defend you couldn't put him in like six to defend either because he would have instead instead of the occasional guy tackling him after a bomb or the guy tackling him in goal after a grubber or something like that for a repeat set instead of that or the guy you know absolutely destroying him on the way to scoring a try because he's broken the line and and Pong is the last guy in defence. Yeah. Instead of that, sets where it's, four out of six tackles are run at him. But yeah, Although, he's he's going he's to be having this, like your Hamoliola Kawatu's just fucking running at him all game. Is <laughs> you know, now, is my memory fucked up here? Do you remember his Origin debut? Yeah, where they played him at fourteen, and he played a good fucking chunk of the game in the middle. I have this memory of sitting there watching him going, "Holy shit, this kid's tough!" Like he is tough. Was that? Did I? Like is that rose coloured glasses on that? No, that was or? pre ten concussions. That was, yeah, that was pre. Okay. That was pre pre. That was pre you having a stroke and having to give up class A narcotics. Yeah. You 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 are absolutely on mushrooms during that game. <laughs> just I'm just ge- I'm just guessing because of the fucking the weird alternate dimension that you seem to see. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Phil, he said, the Titans playing like they want their coach gone. Yes, they are. Um, Shane. This was the first one where I thought, because remember, we've, they've said it the last like three weeks or something, and the Titans have always sort of been losing the game, you know, pretty comfortably, but then scored some junk time and sort of got yeah. it a little bit more respectable. Like that South game, I think, which was like 30 to 16 or whatever. Um, this is the first one in a while where they've been just complete capitulation. That's it. Uh, Shane, he said, Sexy Taxi may be the golden ticket to winning for the Knights, but his goal kicking was like a prop who was given a kick in his last game. That is look, unfortunate. Look, he, he literally set up eight tries. Single hand, <laughs> single-handedly. I mean, the plus minus on Sexy Taxi is is extremely high in his favour. Like, he, can't, he can't be Ryan Girdler, put it that way. Well, but he, he could be. Just give him enough time. To give, just, just let him work in first grade. Let him pro- get his kicks in. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, you are you done with the socials? Done. All right, the uh, second Friday game, the Panthers twenty six defeat the Roosters eighteen in Penrith. The Panthers twenty six came through tries to Toto, Kickow, Targo, and Appy four conversions and a penalty goal for Cleary. The Roosters eighteen tries to Walker, Takayaho, and Verrills with Walker three conversions from as many attempts. Go Jay. Roosters. Go Jay. Roosters came into this one um, obviously having done their work. You know, they they had a game plan to to really get up and be physical and aggressive 
with Penrith and and just like the last time they played, the, the Roosters hung in with them and, and really went set for set with them for a long time. And this time, the, the they did it again and they did it for a, a much longer period of time, like almost the entire game. So, hmm. um, And the Roosters seem to have set the only the only successful game plan to actually almost worry the Penrith Panthers, um, and that's play them the week after every player was playing representative football and had a short turnaround. Uh, so congratulations to the Roosters for figuring that one out. Robbo, you're a fucking master coach. I'm glad that fucking coach whisperer uh, charges you so much. So I'm sure your money's worth there. Um, but it, I'm not unhappy with the way this game went through, you know. Um, Penrith were in their groove. They they got down. They went through their sets. They were, they were pro, and they were probably a little bit sloppier with the ball in hand than they would have liked to have been. And by half-time, they looked as tired as I've seen them look this season, which, again, is understandable, just with so many of them playing in that high-quality rep round and backing up so soon afterwards. But... For them to actually get into a situation where the Roosters were leading and then to have to band together, not panic, earn their way back into the contest, the forwards stood up and did what was asked of them, the the backs tightened everything up defensively, and for them to then get back into the lead convincingly, I think was something that, that they needed to be able to do. Um and there, you know, there were a, a couple of moments in the game, like when when Kickout had his charge down, and and there was nobody around, and and he just got an unfriendly bounce, and thing that that was a try that went begging. There were a couple of others that they murdered, but um, to the Roosters, I think they've almost resigned themselves to the fact that they're not going to have Kiri moving forward. Yeah, and their halves combination week on week are starting to run better together. They're starting to involve each other more. And they're doing that dangerous thing where where once the ball sets off one way on the field, it's not determined it'll keep going there. And those teams that can change direction easily and have a shape already set up to come back at you on an angle are extremely fucking dangerous. And they're getting better at that week on week. I'm not sure... I'm not sure I'm looking at the Roosters yet and going, oh, they're a... They're a danger or they're a contender come year's end. But just based on the fact that their coaching staff can set them up for almost any encounter. Like, again, it was obvious they'd done their work on Penrith and they went there with a game plan to to really try and put pressure on their key players. But um, it was a much improved effort from the Roosters since the last time they played Penrith. Well said. Anything to add there, Glennie? No, I... Pretty much just to agree with Jay, to be quite honest. Um, I thought the Roosters were pretty gritty and and they were well coached in, in and executed their game plan that they clearly had put a lot of time and, and thought into uh, as to how to find a way to beat Penrith. But um, <clears throat> Penrith had, as, as Jay said, Penrith had a lot of players backing up and quite often sides will have that and 
they come away from the game making ex- make using that as an excuse as to why they didn't play well and why they lost the game. Look, at, again, though, in the spirit in the spirit of fairness, the Roosters had seven backing up. True, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't exclusively a Penrith issue. No, but I still think, and and you've spoken at length over the last couple of years about Penrith Penrith's patience, and you know, it's one thing to be patient to find your way into the game and 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 assert your dominance and control over the course of a match. But to go behind pretty deep into the second half and and still have the composure and, and that word again, patience, mm. to not rush, not panic, and, and again, find a way to take control of the match back and, and close it out is, is a sign that, unfortunately, the fucking rest of the comp's playing in Penrith Shadow at the minute. Lovely. Uh, Matt, you said it's a bit moist out here. Nothing to do with the weather. It's just hot shit watching the lads manhandle these eastern <laughs> suburbs, guys. <laughs> uh, Alistair, see, can anyone hear that fuckwit in the crowd with the trumpet? Probably also improvised a way to smoke ice out of it, considering it's most likely a Penrith fan. There you go. You probably did too. That's a uh, lot Phillip. of It's a lot of fan. <laughs> Western Sydney, the home of rugby league. Uh, Nathan, he said, Roosters probably would have won if they had a long kicking game. Yeah, that's it. Game was only close because Penrith bombed two tries. Uh, Robert, he said, that's what you get when you sign Matt Lodge. Season over, which was a continuing theme for Josh, who said the hashtag Lodge Karma. Is that all for the socials? Yep. <laughs> there we are. The Sharkies, 18, defeated the Dogs, 6, at uh, Combank Stadium, the um, in terrible conditions, the Sharkies 18 tries to the Moot, uh, Sione Katoa and Britton Nakora. Nico three conversions, and the Doggies try to Avrilo, a conversion to Birdo. Sharks played solid wet weather football. Um, I think they were benefited by Nico Hines having a, a more dominant kicking game in the conditions, and and they executed the right plays when they're opportunities presented themselves <clears throat> in the red zone. So, um, as you say, the, the conditions were were fucking atrocious across most of the like city, playing, the city like, games like, over like, the weekend. It was, like, it was like playing back in school. Absolutely. Like just massive fucking puddles and, you know, and just, just giant fucking pools of water to slide through and shit. Yeah, um, i, 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 I got to say, this yeah. one was visually fucking beautiful on the TV, though, just for that reason. Mm, mm. Um, like I, put, I put it on thought it was hailing. <laughs> Jake Avrillo, uh for the Bulldogs, much blind player in in amongst their their fan base. But how much of that was due to the fact that he was clearly being played out of position that whole time? Because but having said having said that though, I would never have thought his position to be fullback either. But you're not a kick and an NRL coach, Nathan. And clearly, yeah, I mean, I'd, neither but, yeah, was I'd, the person he was playing for. Yeah, but I don't. I I think he was thrown there just out of. You know, the fact that Dufty was just an absolute mm. <laughs> abortion. <But> and so <laughs> he's he's doing a far better job than Dufty did. And Dufty was oh, born yeah. there as a specialist fullback. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um he scored three doubles or two doubles yeah. in three weeks or something and yeah. um he hasn't looked he hasn't looked bad at the back defensively or, or no, with a bit of time and space. I mean yeah. he's actually he's playing he's playing great. Absolutely. His positional play in attack is He's yep. on on point, and um, yeah, for for a guy that 
was really fucking hammered by his own fan base. Um, he's actually far more of a footballer than, than I realised. Hmm. Dogs are fairly tough in this game, but you know, at least they brought some of that that form, or at least the confidence from the recent form into the game. And and when they scored just that try just before half time or whatever, and mm. you know, it would have been nervous moments for the Sharks there. But then after half time, I mean, Sharkies pulled themselves together, realised where the quality lied between the the, the two yeah. sides, yeah. and didn't let them, you know, and didn't fall in, you know, into into the trap, and just played some solid wet weather football. Fair. Anything else you want to chat about on that one? Not particularly. No, I'm done. There you go. Uh, Craig, he said, I feel for old mate Casey having a shocker of a debut. On the upside, there shouldn't be any scars, as he probably won't remember it. <laughs> uh, Willie, he said, Sharks in second gear, saving energy for the next month, tapering up. That is a very positive Dairy Queen assessment. Uh, Lee, so the Bulldogs bubble burst already. Suppose it was stupid of me to pick them. Yes, it was. Uh, and Stuart said, Sharks get by with a great blend of youth and experience, and that's just their number six. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm enjoying watching Matt Moylan um, have, have a slight renaissance. Grizzled veteran instead of young Matt Moylan. Grizzled veteran Matt oh, Moylan. Like- He's starting to get a little bit of that crafty playmaker in him. Yeah. Um, you know, doesn't have any anywhere near the speed or, or agility he used to and fucking put a great hit on near the end of the game. So, mm. Trying to reconcile like young Matt Moylan versus, you know, grizzled veteran Matt Moylan. So I guess because they're calling him like Benjamin Button now or something. He's <laughs> going <laughs> to be like an old, an old man baby. <laughs> God damn. Glenn, he's laughing yeah. like he got that reference. I've fucking seen that movie, bitch. All right. Really? Absolutely. Who's in it? Don't ask me. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Don't ask me why I've seen that one and not not seen fucking a hundred other ones that you would see before that, but I've seen that one. Fucking hell. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking party animal you are. Oh, Count, counting it? crows and Benjamin Button. I know. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm no fucking trotters. Non non stop adrenaline. <laughs> you done trotters with the trotters has watched more more movies than that since we started recording this show. Yeah, that's true too. No, he hasn't. <laughs> His kids are in bed. He doesn't need to ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys forty defeated the Brisbane Broncos twenty six in the, uh, the Queensland Derby with uh, up there at the Abattoir. Good crowd, over 23,500 in attendance. The Cowboys 40 came through a double to Taolangi. Um, Griffin Neem, Felt, Robson, Nanai also with tries. Val, six conversions and two penalty goals. Perfect night with the boot. The Broncos 26 came through tries to Billy Walters, Selwyn Cobbo, and a double to Corey Oates. Four conversions and a penalty goal to Adam Reynolds. Have you guys ever been to a game in Townsville? Not, not not at that stadium at the old. Have, have I, have, before, has, has this guy ever been to Townsville? Yes. Nope. Yeah, I, I've never been to that stadium either. But I have been to games in Townsville, mm-hmm. and I've been to games in Townsville when the Cowboys were shit, mm-hmm. like when when they were fucking horrific. Mm. And I can only fucking imagine what the atmosphere is like up there now, because even when they were terrible, it was almost Newcastle esque. Mm. 
in that by about four o'clock in the afternoon before the game, you could tell like that there was something going on and you just like, you know, if you if you're walking around Sydney on a Friday night, Saturday night, you're gonna see some jerseys, you're gonna see some people, you know, to or from the games. But you, it it really was, you know, seven out of ten people you'd pass in the street would have some sort of cowboys paraphernalia on. Yeah. Getting ready to go for the game. So just looking at this one on the TV, fuck! It looks like they're excited for their team up there at the moment. Absolutely. Oh yeah, throw, throwing them all into a, into a, into a brand new fucking modern rectangular stadium. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah! The shit, yeah, it's awesome. Big story um, out of this one was Adam Reynolds' performance. Um, definitely performance. Was, he is definitely not right. No, definitely <laughs> not. Which, if you wonder, you know, did they play him because they thought, "Fuck, we need you." Well, out there rushing on. back in. When did he get injured? Was it three weeks? Uh, yeah. Thereabouts. Was it the week prior to... So hang on. The How long do broken ribs take to heal? Was it broken to... though? Were they broken though? Yeah. I don't know. How long do broken ribs take to heal? To heal an elderly, to stop hurting, to recover, to fully heal, to feel better. Google? What are we to doing? heal broken in an injury prone athlete. In most yeah, cases, elderly person, whatever, whatever you said first. <laughs> broken ribs usually heal on their own in one or two months. Mm. So hang on. So it couldn't have been broken. They wouldn't no. have played. No, no, it wasn't broken. So what was it? Bruised? Cartilage, maybe. Cartilage? Yeah. In any case, he would have been assessed as like either 100% okay to come back or okay enough. I'll be and, right, with the, and, and with the assumption that he could play a role where he could, uh, you know, send his kicks on the last tackle, organise things and just put a general general sort of uh, vibe of composure over the rest of the side whilst not there taking too much contact. However, they didn't give the Cowboys the fucking memo. And, <laughs> and, and so as a result, it was fucking hammer time as, as, time. as often, yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. Great coaching well, here, from, from here Peyton, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, rib cartilage injuries can take up to six weeks. Mm-hmm and 12 weeks or more if the rib has been torn from the cartilage. Mm. So, have, you ever, have you ever done... I'm surprised you haven't done rib cartilage with the way you've been coughing for the last year non-stop. Jesus fucking Christ, no. I haven't. Never? No. It's because of my rock-hard abs. Okay. Um, Nate? Yes, mate. Have you ever done rib cartilage? I've not. Fucking painful. And... The fact that he went so out Bush there... Doctor, you've done... Hang you've on, done can we please get it? That's how I did mine. No, no, I'm very please? conscious of, of what's coming out of my mouth at the moment. Thank you very no, much. Please. As I always am. I'll tell you how I did mine. I was on the tee at Oxley Golf Club. <laughs> I ripped it 300 up the middle. And uh, the ball wasn't the only thing I ripped. I fucking ripped my rib cartilage at the same time. And uh, that was that. that's how I did mine. So you've you you popped your shoulder out just throwing a punch, throwing you an explosive your, knockout <laughs> punch. Yes, you tore your rib cartilage swinging a golf club. Yeah, I'm an athlete. Are you I'm, just like I'm the, the Adam? I'm the Adam Reynolds of everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do not pass the sniff test. Um, oh, I think the That's Cowboys great. have prided themselves on their defence all season, and rightfully so, but there was a bit for them to work on out of this game. Um, there was a couple of moments where they, they were proper sloppy uh, defensively, and I'm sure Peyton 
<clears throat> given that defence is, you know, is one of the hallmarks of the side, he'll be he'll be working on that. On the flip side, um, I feel like their attack clicked into gear at will, and um, the Broncos stuck with them for for much of the game. But I, I always felt felt like the Cowboys um, had an extra try in them, and and wouldn't be bothered, and and they sort of pushed the scoreline out at the back end of the game, but. Yeah, it was really the Broncos came back and made it a lot more respectable mm. with a couple of, you know, with back-to-back tries there towards yeah, the end. Yeah, they did. But again, they stuck with them for a fair while. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know? Um, the worrying part for me, if I'm a Broncos fan here, was that just as, as Reynolds was rattled physically, he was rattled fucking mentally. Mm. And there were a bunch of times that he was at the ref or at the touchy or, and, and, you know, obviously there's gamesmanship involved, you know, being, being a half, but, but he was at them and on them for decisions that they'd made five, 10, 15 minutes ago. Just Yeah. He was like way over the top. Like he was making a real fucking gutho of himself. He was. He fucking was. He 100% was. Um, Instead of just getting on with the job, you know, uh, but fuck, I'm I'm all here for the Cowboys' resurgence. Can't fucking wait. Uh, Jordan, he said, I'm not afraid to admit as a Cows fan, I was prepared to write this year off. But fuck me, this coaching staff has worked wonders. They don't get the raps they deserve. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Lachlan, so the Broncos are pretty clunky, but still would have beaten most teams in the comp tonight. Take nothing away from the Cows, put a clinical performance on tonight, and have shown that they know how to execute a game plan. If they have a plan for the top sides, they're going to be dangerous come finals. There you go. Mate, they scored um, two junk time tries and one off a mistake the first try of the game. I mean, let's fucking relax here, hey? Uh, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Jesus. Pump, pump, the fuck, pump the fucking brakes on the Brisbane Broncos, pal. Poor old Lachlan's just trying to be Dairy Queen here. <laughs> Phil. He said Reynolds protecting his ribs through his kicking game off. That gave up too much possession and field position in the first half. Broncos didn't have enough gas to go with the Cowboys when they hit the accelerator in the second half. Good to see them find a second win stage of comeback late, though. Broncos are okay and show potential to get better, but the Cowboys are the real deal. Uh, Richard, Drinkwater was an absolute standout for the Cowboys. He isn't the meter-making return fullback in the Edwards mould. 125 metres isn't a high output for a modern fullback, but he was involved in almost everything the Cowboys did that was dangerous. Dropping into the line at first receiver over and over, his defences looked to shut down Chad. This gives him a real point of difference, takes the pressure off Chad and Deaton. He's exactly right. The, the, like, just how fucking busy he is mm-hmm. and his involvement, it's like it, it's that high number of touches thing, but they all have a purpose. He's not just there as a, oh, well, there's an extra set of hands we've got to fucking run them through. Yeah. Like, he's legitimately in there with a purpose. It was fucking great. That's us. On to the next one. Okay. The uh, Rabbitohs, 30. Defeat the Parramatta Eels, 12. Um, again, in uh, terrible conditions down there at Acor Stadium. Uh, the Rabbits, 30, it came through a double to Alex Johnson. Uh, Arrow, Paulo, and Cook with tries. Luttrell, five conversions from as many attempts. Defeating the Eels, 12, with a double to Clint Gutherson and two conversions to Mitchell Moses. Luttrell's return, going. I thought, uh, was was a positive. He got through unscathed. Um, and just the, the general presence on the field, you could see that the team... Um, they all look to him, and and he yeah. and he, he lifts them. There's no other way to put it. Um, Parramatta, 
had one of their off games, and um, I think the Paulo try in the second half really sealed it quite early for South, but they, they really controlled the game and, and never looked seriously challenged because Parra just didn't look like they were up for it. Mm. It was very similar about it to the, the game against the Cowboys mm. that the Eels had. And, and, a couple, and this is the thing, they're having, they're having one of those games, it seems like sort of one in three. Yeah. Yeah, of late, and usually they usually they they're fairly fairly dominant and cruising until after Origin, and then yeah. they might start dropping a couple. But I mean, I'm, I'm, but, I don't know if they're going to they're going to you know do too much damage. But that's not so, exactly that's not something you want to be saying of a team that that everyone essentially you know not wants, but you know, assumed was going to be a contender this year. You know, from yeah, the no, way they finished, once. finished I mean, last year. Yeah, to, to to be getting to this stage of the season and being like, oh, do we get the good para or the shit para? Mm. It's a one in three chance. That's yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, I mean, let's, like, let's being being Dairy Queen though, like South Sydney was spectacular. I mean, considering the t- the terrible conditions, the the and they would they did not start the game with wet weather football. They were fucking chucking it around. Yeah, they were, and still completing it at a hundred percent for a large portion of that first half. Um, everything was yeah. coming off for them, and they like this game was gone from the eels before they just, even fired a shot. It just shows the value of Latrell, yeah. In in terms of just his presence, and it it answers the question I think completely. And and I know that there's the thing with him and Origin and and all of that stuff, but with zero games under his belt, mm-hmm. just how damaging was he? Yeah. Yeah. With one game under his belt, he could have put on a sky... Not should, could have put on a sky blue jersey and and done a job. Like someone from Queensland would have played the part of Reed Marnie yeah. and just been absolutely fucking steamrolled. And got to say, I fucking loved that post-match interview where he said, you know, he dropped, dropped an F-bomb, he's excited um, to be back. But the, it wasn't like he was saying... Oh, you know, don't pick me for Origin. You can't pick me mm. for Origin. What he was saying was, he, he demonstrated an appreciation for his club, the money and the time investment that they'd spent on him in getting him right to get back on the field. Yeah, yep. a, des- a desire to help that club that is on the periphery of the of the eight and needs to solidify their position and to solidify the help them solidify their position for a potential run in the finals. And thirdly, also talking up. Burton and Crichton yeah. and saying that they deserve their position. He hoped they played well. They'd been there for the you know they'd been there for the series. And I also applaud Latrell on his fuck Jack Whiten standpoint. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> whether that was conscious or not, I, I appreciate it as well. Oh, but... it was conscious. You know what? You know what Latrell hates? Fucking kicking it dead. Fucking hates it. <laughs> but that was uh, yeah. you know that was I thought that was really mature. Um, yeah, but the, the thing I don't get is the. I mean, like I get the media. I get the media picking it up because they're because they're, they're just looking for a fucking you know a headline that you know that they can yeah you know, scream about and have a cry and people click and yeah you know, they they generate revenue. I get it, but I don't understand anyone taking the standpoint of oh that shit you can't unselect yourself. No, every, clubs are going to start pressuring players not to fucking blah, blah, blah. like no fucking just, club I, wants a player. To not play State of Origin unless there is an injury cloud. Mm. The, yeah. the only time a club would ever say to a fucking player, "Hey, 
you know, please, by the way, please don't play State of Origin. Like, yeah. for fuck's sake, we go on and on about how the, the entirety of rugby league teams are essentially jobs for the boys, for old players or mates of players anyway. Yeah. As if any of them would ever want anyone to not play a fucking rep game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only time would be if... Um, An injury that could be made worse. That's it. And you come back. <clears throat> and even then, it's, well, uh, fuck, you probably won't play for your club either then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fuck I, um, yeah, I, I appreciated what he said. I thought that was, like I said, very mature and very professional. And it's a fucking stretch that people were talking about him for Origin anyway. <laughs> He's the amount of time that he'd spent away. It's crazy. But the, the, the way that he got in there and he addressed every... You know, Straight indirectly, yeah, yeah. every he addressed every potential argument that people could have about the media generating all this thing, like who do you drop the slot Latrell yeah. back in, and just diffused all of that in one go. I thought it was like you said, it was it was it was extremely mature, and like I just I just I just don't get like fans of rugby league trying to find make that a point of outrage. And and Demetrius said it in the press conference as well that he 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 would never. To Jay's point, he would never tell any player to not play State of Origin, regardless of the position of the club. Yeah. Um, he said, oh, as a coach, that's that's not what I'm about. I would never tell a player to relinquish a representative honour um, in favour of, of the club. But he said, yeah. Latrell's made that decision. And he's been very vocal and uh, very upfront about wanting to make sure that he repays the faith that the club's shown in him. Mm-hmm. Um, with, yeah. with the time that he spent away, and I, I thought that was really well handled by Dimitri as well. Yep, agreed. <clears throat> do we have any socials? Any more socials? Or I can't remember what we did. We certainly one. do. Josh, you said what's to go with the lighting? Are the bunnies not paying their bills? Yeah, interesting. Uh, Liam, <clears throat> surely Brad Arthur has proven time and time again he isn't a premiership winning coach. Has to go. Oof. Yeah, it was an interesting one. Or conversely, keeping there forever. <laughs> um, and Sharky Dave had a go on the uh, the Latrell situation. He said, "This man understands what he means to his club. He knows his body better than anyone else. Anyone that has a problem with it, just has a problem with him in general. Big red flag, as the kids say." I Agreed. Agree. Let's go. Game it? of the round. She's a ten. She's a ten, but she thinks that Latrell Mitchell shouldn't rule himself out from state of origin. <laughs> Fuck, that's my favourite fucking thing of the moment. The rabbit holes I've gone down on that. <laughs> uh, and uh, the Warriors, 22. Like, defeated the West Tigers. Glenny, be like, she's a 10, but she knows how to unlock car doors from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the women are like, he's a 10, but his dad's a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> Negative five. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 I'll he's take a him ten, anyway because I like a good he's, he's, a ten, he's a 10, but he supports the West Tigers. <laughs> God. <laughs> Warriors 22, defeat the Tigers 2. I'm a 10, Glenny. <laughs> Fucking never in doubt, son. <laughs> just just uh, sitting here waiting in, the, waiting in the wings Look, for you, my chance. You, you two, you, you two put, it on, put it on mutants and, and, and start fucking beating off to each other. Um, now... <laughs> Mount Smart Stadium return, triumphant for the Warriors. Uh, Torhu Harris, uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita and Jesse Arthurs with tries. Uh, Sean Johnson, three conversions, two penalty goals, perfect day off the boot. And the West Tigers, 
Adam Dewey, perfect from the boot with a penalty goal. Explain yourself, Glennie. Fuck, am I explaining myself? <laughs> you are the represent. You are you are the avatar for the West Tigers organization <laughs> in this in this particular video call. You're right. <laughs> so West Tigers, it's, it's a fucking sad explain state of yourselves. Affairs, sad state of affairs <laughs> that it wasn't as horrible as I expected, and it was still pretty bad. Um, Tigers never looked like challenging the Warriors, although I thought they were, they played pretty tough through the middle in large part, um, and. They showed signs that they were up for the contest, but their attack was abysmal. They, they they had field position at times. They had rolls on through the middle, and they just couldn't capitalise. And um, in contrast to that, the Warriors had a handful of opportunities that they took full advantage of, um, and that was that. The the rotation of New Brown and and Brooks and Dewey. I can see where they're coming from with it. It needs work, and I think it probably needs to be Dewey at six and Brooks coming off the bench. Um, but at the end of the day... So you're, you're saying instead of an actual fucking rotation, just do what most clubs do and have a hooker on the bench that replaces the hooker on the field. <laughs> or they could do what the media was speculating two weeks ago. I think what I was saying the was get, the, get Brooks out of the fucking halves is, what, is my point. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why? Why have you fucking replace a a hooker with someone that's already been on the field, tired and fucking half gassed? Because it, it's not a, apparently in 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 Justin Pascoe land, it's not a good look for the only player that stuck solid with the club despite the fact that he's he's a below average first grader. Um, it's not a good look to drop him from the side or have him sitting on the bench for prolonged periods. Yeah, fuck. Um, yeah. And, and the way, second... Find a way to have Dewey in the halves without actually committing to that change. Correct. Yep. Um, emotional day for the Warriors. Fantastic turnout. Great atmosphere. Um, emotional day for fans of Manu Vatavai. Apparently. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange hill to die on that one. One of the one, one, probably one of the the, the the least subscribed to causes in the terms of your know, hashtag yeah, look, free somebody numbers like, <laughs> numbers of that one would be fairly limited if I'm honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they hold their uh, hold their fucking meetups in a phone booth um, but that walk out for the Warriors to to as they come onto the field was that's a moment and and it was it epitomised what the Warriors, you know, their players and being away from their families and the sacrifice, which we've spoken about previously um, on the show, that that they've all signed up for willingly for the sake of the game. And, you know, um, it was good to see the uh, New Zealanders. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be another international scaffold day now. The Warriors are back home and Ardern will declare it a public holiday and it's going to be great. But um, fuck the Warriors anyway. And fuck the Tigers more than fuck the Warriors because they're a pack of cunts. I could not be fucking happier with the turnout for this game, with the the vibe in the crowd and the fact that the Warriors put in a gutsy performance for them. I think that was close to the best 80 minutes I've seen that team play all year. Um, Yeah, and it wasn't pretty at all, but it was just committed. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. it. 
and and the Warriors are not are not in the upper echelon of, of anything by by any any metric. And it's things you know they they play their sets and and their shapes are all stagnant and they're standing still and no one's in motion and no one's already moving when they receive the ball and there's a, a whole bunch of these really little little things that make the difference between great teams and and teams just going through the motions but they seem to be in a position where at least they're united. Yep. And I think that's a difference between them at the moment and teams like the Tigers, uh, the Titans, for one. The, the Tigers don't seem to have any sort of unity. As in, the, the there's no one there's no one gelling them together, you know. And and say what you like about them, but but Sean Johnson and definitely fucking Tohu Harris. Mm are in there bringing that team together at every important moment on the field to, to if not chat through things, just just be be one group and, and move through the situation. But um, the both of them had some, some fairly poor fifth tackle options, the Tigers more so than the Warriors, to the fact where there, there were stages in that game where the Tigers were just fucking rolling up the field. Like they, if you just looked at the first three or four tackles in a set, they were so fucking dominant. You'd wonder how they didn't win by thirty. But then all of a sudden, the last two tackles let them down. There was absolutely nothing there. So, mm. um, yeah, who who coaches that club? Who goes there? The latest. The latest is uh, is about Sheenius making his full full return. Jesus fucking Fuck. Christ! Jesus Christ! Fuck me. <laughs> After after publicly courting a coach, who then knocked them back publicly. Um. Well, no, not publicly courting a coach. Publicly courting someone who is currently an assistant and is begging for an opportunity to coach a first grade team. <laughs> and Just not go. this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert, he said that game gave no gauge on where the Warriors are at. The Tigers are cucks. <laughs> Chai. Said, holy fucking shit, did anyone else know that Bunty Afoa is 25? He looks 40. <laughs> um, Dominic. He said, Warriors win plus trialist Tigers equals someone getting fucking eggs cooked for them. <laughs> <laughs> Defensive masterclass is what some people may call it. I would say how bizarre is more like it, as Warriors and defense don't usually mix. But I guess the Tigers attack is just that much more shit. Great return home, great win. Uh, Jeff, congrats, Warriors. Unbeaten at home for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, all the times I said they suck balls, well, they did. They're still very shaky, but fortunately, the Tigers let the amazing homecoming go off without a hitch. So happy for players and fans who have been apart for over 1,000 days. Spoon is the Tigers to try and take off the Titans. And Simon on Twitter, he said, how good to see those fans lifting their team. Best thing was the defensive effort. You can build off that. Tohu's a real leader. CHT stepping up to replace Reese at the last minute. SJ, the best game this season. There we are. How fucking Dairy Queen. And finally, the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons 12 defeated the Canberra Raiders 10 on uh, Steelers old boy or Steelers, you know, the first time they've acknowledged the Steelers, I think, in the history of their joint venture. Um, down there in Wollongong, the Dragons 12 tries to Armoni uh, and Suli. 
one conversion to Zach Lomax, one penalty goal to Zach Lomax. The Raiders, 10 tries to Xavier Savage and Hudson Young. And uh, Fogarty, one conversion from two attempts. Xavier Savage, you can see that he's growing in confidence. Um, and whilst he's had some moments there where he's hesitated, which you can't afford to do in, in his position in the NRL, um, in other games, and it's a sign of a young player. But he, um, that try that he scored, he backed himself without hesitation, and it was a, um, a sign that his, his confidence and the support that he's, he's obviously getting from Ricky um, is paying dividends. And it sounds strange to say, but I back Ricky to get the best out of him. He's shown an indication that he's willing to protect the kid. Um, in some cases from himself, but also certainly from the media expectation. And It's one of the first um, things I think I've seen Ricky do. I go, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm actually 100% behind that. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're thinking. I can see what, you, what you're doing, and you're doing. Yep. it's actually something you're doing right. Yeah, yeah that's I it. agree. Um, for the Dragons, they showed a bit of grit, um, and they had some things go their way, including the last play of the game, which should have been, obviously been a penalty. But um, Ben Hunt, again, central to... Everything good the Dragons did and, and played whilst being an un, under an injury cloud during the week. And it was still the biggest influence on the result for the Dragons, um, including the, getting the, away. There's a lot of discussion in, and you know, to, to take us back on that NBA tangent, but there's a lot of discussions in NBA about what the MVP award should mean. You know, it's, so MVP's most valuable player, and it's gone from being we get the best team. And so the best player on that on the best team is the most valuable player, yeah. which is what it you know, typically was, to now essentially being which player is the most valuable for their team, yeah, and and that that distinction sort of changed in how they they award it. Um, and I reckon if you had to pick an NRL player on that merit at the moment, Ben Hunt is by a fucking country mile the MVP of the league in terms of he is the most valuable player to his team. Think think of another one. Nathan Cleary. Penrith did just fine when he was out for big stretches last year. They don't win the comp without him. They might not. Might not. He would he would be my he would probably be one that I'd put above Ben Hunt. I completely well, agree with what you're saying. Um, because you take Ben Hunt out of that side, they are and they're the fucking shambles. Yeah, yeah, they're spooners. We'll get to see that this week, mm. mind you. Yes, true. However, they will be playing against a team that has significant outs as well. And and look, I'm loath to give the Dragons or anything to do with the Dragons or their fan base any fucking credit whatsoever, but because the Dragons are a pack of cunts and so are their fans. But uh, he's he's having a great season. Yeah, he is. Thoughts on the last play of the game? Should have been a penalty. Everyone agrees. Uh, it's you see look, those, and they're one. given a There's penalty no team, every day of the fucking week. There is no team in the competition that with like what was it ten seconds left to go, mm. and the fact that they did it repeated two repeated infringe, infringements probably should have given the, a penalty for the second one, if 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 not the first. Um, because no team with ten seconds left, even in an attacking position wants another set of tackles when they're only going to be able to pump out one of them anyway. Yeah. You want that. You want, if you're two points behind and in position to throw a goal over, 
to take it into Golden Point. Of course they want that. I don't... I, I don't know what the answer is, though, because, I mean, it would have to be a change in interpretation. Like, I don't know what... It, because, it's you know, six again is given on the run, so you can't, you can't you know, you can't give a, a, the recipient an option. Like, because it's on the run. So, like, you know, you can't stop playing and go, like, you want to... There would have, said, have wanna, to be yeah. something almost as if... Almost like the akin to the playing advantage rule where you would essentially have to say that the referee must make a decision that's in the best interest of the um, the team not in, not infringing, the, the team yeah. infringed upon. So the assumption would be two points behind in kickable position. They're going to want to do the two points and tie it up. And so in that case, you're going to make it a penalty. That's it. Yeah. And you would, you would set that expectation that within... And you might, you might even say that within, within the last two minutes of a game, you know, or mm. or or even make, you make it cut and dry, and you get back and you go. So on average, one set of six takes you know, one minute and eight seconds, whatever the fuck it is, throughout the whole comp, throughout the whole year. It's this. So if it's less than a minute on the clock, then six again doesn't occur, and it's automatic penalties because the team will not be able to take advantage of their six again. There just has to be some little fucking footnote put in there to leave no interpretation on it. You're still going to get those ones. Two minutes out, three minutes out, all, all of that stuff. The other option, instead of having to make but, like a, th- a thousand rules to paper over over the other rule, you could always just fuck off six again as well, and <laughs> just give cunts a penalty. Why? <laughs> and then they can kick downfield, they can kick the goal, they can do what the fuck. Right. So we can go back to 2014, and the Des Hasler coach, fucking Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, with James Graham take fucking one out hit ups. What a fucking great <laughs> brand of sport that was. Fuck yes, let's go back to that. Well, I mean, they need to fix it though, because it's not you know that that sort of shit is not you know not acceptable. I mean, I'm not a camera fan. Well, they but... don't need to fix it because the only teams that fucking get done by it are fuck teams that aren't good enough to win on their own. So <laughs> fuck them as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew. Uh... How many other times did it fuck up a game this weekend? That's not really the point, though. It's better than meatloaf. I mean, if there's a hole, if there's a, if there's a, if there's a hole in t- in the thing, then it's either you know either the rule's bad, or it needs to be fixed. It doesn't mean it's okay. Like in any case, it's not okay. So I well, mean, and yeah, they can make not, a th- they can make a thousand things like oh, if it's it not in that two minutes or five minutes either. or whatever. Is it the rule or is it that referee? Well, the referee, any referee is going to do six again because that's what the rule is. Well, Unless you're good. making something to paper over the the no, cracks they, that they can give a penalty if they deem it fit. So it's about the interpretation of the rule, not the rule itself. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's 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 a, the thing that the the uh, people are going to do. They're going to blame just like blame the referee rather than look at the. No, they're going to blame the rule for interpretation. Sorry, the the room for interpretation. Socials. What do we have on that one? Do we have no, any Raiders no, fans left? I not, much, not, not much. There's no, yeah. No, Jason. I went, I went pretty hard on the Raiders fans for a while. I don't think there's any left. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is fucking hilarious. Ra- Raiders, there's still some staunch ones. Um, South, we've almost done. Yeah, We get yeah. almost nothing on South. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Uh, Jason said, Raiders, again with a low IQ play, showing they have no ability to read the state of the game. Ash. The Raiders show that you don't need to actually take the lead to choke. Hashtag Mars bars. Uh, Phil, the Raiders dummy half needed to be more aware of the situation 
and dropped the ball when Hunt grabbed him. If there's no advantage, it reverts to a penalty. That's an interesting take, but I'm not sure that it should be up to the player. Yeah. To it force. reminds me of that. It reminds me of that thing that the Titans did earlier in the season. I can't remember the exact. You remember when they did something to purposely like stop a, the yeah, clock so it could be reviewed so and then challenge. find the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, and Lando said, "Nice to get a win. Extra taste from the saltiness of the Raiders after the end made it extra delicious." Um, can I also just put out there that I would like all Raiders fans uh, whinging about that missed penalty call to also take into account the missed eight-point try that should have been awarded because fucking Rapana slid in with his fucking knees trying to skull people, as he always did, because he is a complete and utter fucking grub. So... Yeah, you may have missed a two-point penalty at the end, but, you know, you fucking kick someone in the head in the act of scoring a try, and that got missed too. So, swings and roundabouts, you whinging cunts. And at the, at the same time, I also say that the Raiders do know that if they had got it into golden point, I mean, they were going into golden point against Ben Hunt, and so there's every opportunity <laughs> that, they, that they were going to win within the first 30 seconds of that yeah. golden point period, which That's is well, probably why they're arcing up so badly. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. That's it. That's the game, boys. Um, that's episode 475 in the bag. And uh, as always, if you'd like to support the show, by all means, feel free to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Twill Nation. And uh, this week, of course, uh, well, this morning, I think it was, I uploaded the, uh, a wonderful game companion for the for the West Tigers versus <laughs> New Zealand Warriors game. And uh, if you want to hear, if you want to hear what yeah, depression personified... Get that one, and uh, and, and listen to, and listen to Glennie as you that's silly, as you hear the that's the, silly Nathan as you hear the distinctive splash and sizzle of the toaster hitting the bath. <laughs> 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 but um, all that and more content as well, and uh, merch drops coming up in this month as well. So um, looking forward to getting those out for our uh, our patrons as well. And um, I don't really have anything else to report, fellas. Maybe. Got anything for me? I'm done. You're done. You're done, are you? And All right. I'm done. All right. We'll go and uh, get in front of the fireplace, Glenny, up there in Toowoomba. I'm going to go to fucking bed. Oh, party. Party at Glenn's place. <laughs> Tremendous. He's going to fucking go. He's going to throw on Benjamin Button <laughs> and uh, drift off to the, 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 the sweet sounds of <laughs> Counting Crows. Oh, what a night. Stop it. <laughs> Treat his body like an amusement park. <laughs> There's a fucking house of horrors in here. <laughs> All right, boys. I'll be talking to you again on Wednesday as we look forward to talk about the origin team selections and look forward to the the final by riddled round, I think is the final. I think this one will be the last origin affected round. I think so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everyone will be back regardless of the following week. So we will uh, talk to you then. Fantastic. See you, boys. See you, boys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.